0: now
1: there we go we're going
0: cool yeah the first thing on my waveform will be me saying now
1: perfect (laughs) i'll match it up with mine and then it'll just be we'll be in sync (laughs) beautiful i like it awesome uh i had the minute playing in the background so i'm gonna mute that to not distract me um I have very skimpy notes, because I thought it was just going to be me and Victoria, so we'll make do. I am (sighs) excited for this conversation, though, you guys.
0: Oh, it's so intense. I know.
2: I know.
1: I could talk about Harry Potter for hours. I am so happy. Like, just due to, like, the late schedule tonight, I had just assumed that we were going to be alone anyway. So it's really nice to have, like, a couple of other... Just to have you guys with us to, uh... To talk about this really intense conversation that is going on this week, the first couple days this week, I should say, you're gonna be our first um, return guests we've ever had.
0: First two timers,
1: yeah. At oh, least in the same, the same season, in the same movie. Yep. Cool. I mean, I like it's, it. It's been it's been what a hundred minutes or something like that.
0: Oh, at least.
2: So we're on, like, 140-something? Is that what I heard you guys say? Yeah, we're 141, 141 today. Yeah. Yeah, we were... Uh... 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 You well, were earlier we were... than that.
1: You guys were... In the 20s? You guys were 26... That, no, That 20... sounds right. 28? I see you guys. 28, 29, 30.
0: So, yeah, it's been over oh, 100 to 30. minutes. It's been over
1: 100 minutes. It's been 110 minutes. Almost two hours. Yeah. Welcome back.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, I will go ahead and introduce us and then introduce you and then we can get into this. How are you feeling, Victoria? I know it's late. Right
2: i'm tired but i know no, let's let's do
1: it i know we need to do it so. two minutes we don't have a choice <laughs> no, no we don't so <laughs> okay here we go here we go we <coughs> get that out of the way right we, we solemnly, solemnly swear we're up to no good, good. Everybody, to Harry Potter in the Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have some very special guests with us tonight Rick and Julia, uh, well, today I should say, Rick and Julia from Mad Max Minute. Welcome, guys. Hey, Gary. Hello. Hey, thank Victoria. You, thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. I am so yeah, delighted please. to have you back. It feels like it has been so long. And yet, you were here in this very movie, right?
2: Right. How long this, movie is.
1: this is the longest one of the season. This is the first time where I've been like, "Do you want to come back?"
0: Oh, yes. It. The gap between our first appearance and our appearance now on your podcast is so long that we can fit our entire movie <laughs> within that gap.
1: That's that's true. That is so... Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been a while, you guys. It's been 110 minutes. (laughs) uh, Just about. Uh, We are here today to talk about Minute 141, which starts with Harry not understanding his celebrity and ends with Tom Riddle's threat. Uh, We ended the week last week with Tom Riddle uh, talking about, like how Ginny got rid of the diary because she feared its power and who should happen to find it but the one person he was most anxious to meet. And like, Harry Potter's the boy who lived. Everybody, everybody wants to meet Harry Potter. Why would you want to meet me? Like, you're, you're <laughs> famous, kid.
2: It's like, you're a bit of a marvel. You know?
1: Well, also like, how does Tom Riddle know about him? He's a memory from 50 years ago. That's good. point. He knows because, because Ginny's been telling him writing in the diary oh my gosh i like this kid so much he's so cute
2: does harry understand about Ginny and how she feels about him no
1: no definitely not he's completely oblivious right she she only had like two lines this movie and the one was just like when they met at the burrow and she went stone-faced at his and just like ran away and like we (laughs) haven't really interacted since
2: then yeah. yeah, back in the first movie when Hagrid was like telling Harry who he was, that he was a wizard and that he was something great, Harry's response was, "Well, that can't be true. I'm just Harry." Yeah. He still and he sees himself still has as just that Harry. Mindset. Which I think is yeah. incredible
1: considering what he went through last year and how he knows kids act around him when they hear his name. Even when we met uh, Arthur Weasley, it was just a sort of like He's like, oh sorry, like I'm Harry Potter. And Arthur's like, are you really?
2: Like, what? <laughs> like
1: some of a gun? Yeah. yeah, and it's just like. It's <laughs> kind of funny. It is, it's it's so god, that felt that that was so long ago too. We've I gotten know, to a really dark place since then, you guys. No more lightheartedness. Tom Riddle is here face to face with Harry Potter he's a very not nice 16-year-old. Yeah. No. Uh I literally just kind of like wrote out Tom's monologue for the most part in this minute, but I just want to start with the like Tom telling Harry that like I knew I had to meet you, like to to talk to you, to meet you, like whatever I could. Uh I, I so I showed you he says, I showed you the capture of that brainless oaf Hagrid to gain your
2: trust. Which makes me so sad. Hagrid doesn't deserve that. No, he doesn't. Hagrid is one of the highlights of not only the movies, but the books and the whole just universe. It's the series. And, yes, exactly. Yeah, he's such he a has, pure soul. He's so adored. I know. I know. And the way he feels about Harry is just, it's just so stinking sweet. It's a treasure.
1: There's a, there's a bit to this that I keep coming back to, and we haven't really talked about it with any guests yet, but, like, y- Tom right here is being really dismissive of who Hagrid is, that brainless Oaf Hagrid, 16-year-old yeah. Tom. But, like, when Voldemort, like, OG Voldemort in his new body comes to the Battle of Hogwarts, he takes Hagrid prisoner instead of killing him mm-hmm. and takes him out to the Forbidden Forest? Like... There is a relationship there. And it's so easy to, like, forget in that scene when Harry goes to face his death against Voldemort that, like, Hagrid is there because they know each other. Because, like, for one, Hagrid has more strength, like, when, when they cast Stupefy or when they fight against him, like, he's more resistant to those spells, but... There's no reason that Voldemort would want to keep him around other than the fact that they went to school together and he doesn't have it doesn't seem like Voldemort has a lot of other peers that are his age that like knew him as a child in school I'm so interested in this relationship between the two of them and I want I want to know more
2: about it that's interesting um I'm trying to think back to book number six when Harry is in Slughorn's memory, Ooh. and he is remembering the the Slug Club as it was back in the forties. Yeah, and there were names dropped. Now I'm trying to remember what names were Ooh. dropped, but there were names that we recognized. They were dropped for a reason. Uh. So I think there are a few other people among the Death Eaters who are still around but this relationship that Hagrid has with Tom Riddle it would it kind of implies that Tom Riddle feels some kind of connection or some kind of mm, remorse
0: Mm. For I don't know what
2: he did to Hagrid, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, I
0: don't know if remorse is the right yeah, word. I, I think, think he might see Hagrid as some someone ooh. that he can play with.
2: Yeah, true, because he he played with him once before. He used and him. As we he see framed him in the this last minute. Time. Yeah. yeah, maybe as we see in this minute, Harry has a relationship with Hagrid. Yeah, yeah, he's and my friend. Given Hagrid's. Uh, malleability. Yep. He can easily be used as a tool against Harry, which is basically what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am furiously looking through the list of Slug Club members, uh, according to the Harry Potter wiki page, and we only get two last names for members in the 40s. Uh, One is Avery... And the other is Lestrange, but we don't get first names. But they were Mm. apparently part of Tom Riddle's original gang and became one of his first Death Eaters. But I don't know if they're still, like, that Lestrange is definitely going to be, like, the parent of Rodolphus who married Bellatrix. Like, the age gap is is too great there. And then when I look up the Avery family, I don't There's know. an
2: Avery that works for the Ministry of Magic, right? The name seems Avery super and familiar Knot and I'm are looking. Are a pair. For it. Yeah.
0: They are named
2: together, Avery and Not. Yep, I yep. can't remember where. Uh Are they un- Appearances?
1: Un- they appear in flashbacks in Half-Blood Prince. Are, they, so are they, they not
2: untouchables? Unspeakables? Ooh, that they, they work maybe in they the- were.
1: Avery attended Hogwarts the same time he became a member of his gang. He was present at the same slug club memory after blah, blah, blah. Later life. Avery likely fought in many battles during the first wizarding war. It's unknown if he was killed imprisoned, or- Oh, that's not what I wanted. I was trying to see if this is about this specific, this Avery. The slug club Avery. Um...
2: Yeah, we definitely hear the name elsewhere- I think of a subsequent Avery.
1: Oh, that's funny. The Harry Potter wiki Ooh. page has someone named as Avery too <laughs> oh,
2: Okay, uh, so
1: maybe it's not meant to be the, the same one, family. Th- uh, during the Second Wizarding War, Avery fought at the Battle of the Department of Mysteries with a group of Death Eaters. So maybe, like, it's a descendant? Um. Oh, Yeah. you know what? Voldemort has had power long enough that, like... The children of the previous generation are still loyal to him, even though he yes. doesn't seem to have amassed a lot of power in like like the way that we would. We as Muggles, we see establishing power as like conquering territory and like having like people loyal to you, and it it seems more like physical. Like he hasn't succeeded in taking over the Ministry of Magic. He's not like. Ruling the world, and yet he does have sympathizers who have been loyal to him for decades, for literally generations.
2: Right? Maybe his power base is more about accumulating bloodlines, especially pure bloodlines that he values. Yup,
1: I would absolutely
2: that. By the way, he's not part of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, he does we, not have a pure bloodline. We we hear in this minute. I we're just gonna jump around because there's a lot of like exposition <laughs> in this minute. But he yeah. does say, um, "No, it's tomorrow. No, it's, it's tomorrow. Is yeah. it? Today? I think in the very last, does he
2: say like? He says do you think I would, I keep, would my keep my father- filthy yeah, mudblood father's it? name? Yeah, it is. Tomorrow's it's tomorrow. tomorrow's okay. minute. Yeah, we'll get back to yeah, it. We but to yeah, but we discover
1: that like Voldemort himself is not a pure blood." Yeah. Even though he's the heir of Slytherin, he's uh, notoriously the heir of Slytherin is supposed to be interested in like getting rid of all the the the, the non-pure blood students. like they say, you know, enemies of the air beware like and then you'll be next mudbloods like from from Draco. but I feel like I don't th- why would half like are bloods more safe? Than Muggleborns, because yes. he's a
2: half-blood. Because I think they see it. There's a hierarchy <gasps> to sure how I guess muddy your blood Do you is.
1: Think that back when Salazar was like worried about Muggleborn students when they founded the school. Like how common were half-blood lineages then? Like a thousand years ago because it is before i think a, a lot this less is, common i don't know if that's true because this is before the statute of secrecy happened like good point the reason, so there were more the sharing communities of, exactly exactly the reason he seems to be slytherin seems to be afraid of muggle-born communities is because like this is in the time where witches and wizards in like what we understand in like actual history to be like persecution and and witch burnings and uh this age of like fear of the other, the outsider. And Muggles definitely seem to have more influence back then. Um The prejudice that Slytherin had was born out of fear, but it has been bastardized over time so that like Tom Riddle sees it as a as a thing of like status and like, oh, we're just superior. I don't think that that's what Slytherin was afraid of.
2: You think he was more afraid of their own safety. Yeah, absolutely. In the era yeah, in the era of witch hunts, why would you want to let someone
1: in who is from a family who by nature distrusts who we are?
2: Mm, I like that idea. I don't think Slytherin in and of himself is an evil person. Yeah,
1: we've made the like Magneto comparison a million times at this point.
2: Mm, yeah, I like that.
0: And the, and I he's... think it's just
1: because a thousand years has passed, like that philosophy has has corrupted to the point where purebloods just think that they are they are they are more powerful and more superior and they haven't had to worry about persecution from the muggles in over 400 years because the statute of secrecy has been in place. And and it's just it's a different world now. It's it's so interesting. I, I we 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 come back on this a lot, but um There's a lot that this book has to say about like prejudices and about like false opinions about people and about like discrimination against the other. And yet it's a kid's book, and it's easy to gloss over and forget that like this is a serious issue that people deal with in the real world all the time. Mm-hmm. This, this is Tom calling Hagrid a brainless oaf, like he's half <laughs> giant, like this guy who, even though he's in in Gryffindor, has his own little secret closet hideaway in the dungeons because he's interested in magical creatures that are seen as like monsters mm-hmm. by everyone else. I don't know. I love that. But it's mm. also, like, this sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ideal.
1: No, no, it's definitely not. And that's the thing is, like, the Wizarding World isn't perfect. Like, there's there's just as much, if not more, like, prejudices and and sort of discriminatory behavior that is happening that it's hard to shine a light on in, like... modern culture in muggle culture like the world we live in today but but this book because we have we have a uh, same way the mutant thing in x-men works like because they are so different from what the everyday person is like you can look at that argument from both sides and see the discrimination that's happening and make decisions informed decisions about like how that translates into your life it's it's those articles that are that are around on the internet all the time that are like kids who grew up reading harry potter seem to be less prejudiced because like because we're shining a light on it in every book
2: yeah
0: yeah and then of course you've got other details from the harry potter universe like i was reading on pottermore I was reading on Pottermore earlier about Makuza and how they had more or less a wizard slash muggle apartheid going on Yeah, because of a, uh, what was it called? It was Ravaport's Law. Yep. Because there was a breach and people that were hunting wizards and witches found out all of these locations of magical locations and they tried to burn the whole thing down. And... So Makuza just said, "You know what? We're gonna apartheid this." Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Salazar Slytherin, as a ghost or something like that, probably saw that and was like, "Yeah, this—that's is... what I was talking well, about." And,
1: and it's interesting yeah. because, like, I don't—I mean, I—we've—we've we've only tangentially talked about maybe doing Fantastic Beasts, but like the—the the very first time that Newt interacts with a nomad in America, like as soon as he meets Tina, she's like, you obliviated him, right? Like, you this this information can't be out. Like, they are way more precious in their security than it seems to be in in the Harry Potter universe. I mean, they're at Hogwarts. They're separated from the Mughal universe in a much more distinct way, but they don't want anyone to find out. And even though he participated and helped save the day, Makusa still wanted to wipe his mind. Because they can't know because they need well and also like second salem itself is like yeah yeah, we (laughs) i mean we had it is other reasons for being terrible when you talk about like that woman wanting to or actually like torturing or uh abusing the kids that she was supposed to be taking care of but like i'm sure that if she got her way like witch burnings could return Like, I don't think that's unheard of if you could... Like, look at what happened to New York City if they didn't wipe the minds of everyone at the end of it. Like, this is the kind of destruction that you see in, like, a superhero movie that they have to deal with. They don't have to deal with the repercussions of it because it's magic. Yeah. But, like, this could be really bad for the magical world. It's bad publicity.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we know in England... There, the Minister for Magic has a relationship with the Prime Minister yeah. of for the Muggles. Yeah. Do you think that that same relationship exists in New York? I don't. Or in the United States as a whole?
1: I think that it. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. There's a there's a part of me that wants to say that like I think that it did back when. Like early America was still finding its footing. But that's because mm-hmm. the capital was in New York back then. It's interesting that like the Muggle capital moved, like Wall Street stayed in New York, but the president moved to D.C. And yet in the in the magical world, the uh, the head of Macusa is still in New York City.
2: Hmm. Hmm. So they're not physically close together. Which I mean, that doesn't for seem, the for the magical people that it's doesn't not really, really matter. a barrier. Yeah, but yeah.
1: but I don't know like it it I don't know how much that relationship would stay stable, especially especially with things like the Salem Witch Trials and things like uh, just war happening. Like I don't know I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the relationship would be like.
2: Yeah. i mm. I'm I'm trying to think of the differences between England and the United States, why England kind of went this other uh, way, while the United States went this super secretive way, and, I mean, big, obvious, hard-to-hide things happen during the books. Sure. During Harry Potter's time of mayhem. Yeah. Uh, they talk specifically about there's giants wreaking havoc, and bridges yeah. collapsing, and freak hurricanes And because the Muggles have, no, because the Ministry for Magic has a relationship with the Muggle government, they work together to explain things away and convince people that that's not what you saw. Um, It was this. And it's a combination of like (laughs) kind of manipulation tactics combined with magical tactics. I wonder if.
1: Like, it's probably, I mean, in in the time of Harry Potter, like, because it's in the 90s, it's in the relative, like, present, it's probably a lot hard, like, well, you probably explained it away with, like, oh, this explosion happened because of a gas leak or whatever, but, like, I imagine that, like, when the Statute of Secrecy first happened in the 1600s and, like, the couple hundred years that follow that, um, Europe has a very rich culture of, like, the monsters in the forest, the, like, fairy tale sort of idea, like, changelings, and, like, like folklore is really, really prevalent in the culture. Whereas, like, America being a new land with, like, new traditions, um, the sorts of things that get explained away as supernatural, uh, are tied in in into different places. Like... I, I, people in America don't worry about like fairy circles or like the monster, (sighs) the the witch in the woods, like it's a different, the relationship with the land itself is different. Whereas like places like Ireland or Scotland, where they believe that like fairies would replace your child with their own and, and steal them away in the night. Like doesn't seem to be a thing that really crossed the ocean in the same way. Um, and, and I think that that relationship with like mythology, with like folklore and fairy tale um, lends the European continent more to be accepting of like things that can't be explained as easily. Like we want like I think just America in general is more skeptical than other places of the world. And I think it's because we're younger.
2: I agree. I agree. I think that is why it's harder to convince us that what we saw wasn't what we saw. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's a lot of things on Pottermore where it talks about how the muggles will just explain away things. And yeah. Yeah, Europe has a rich magical history but, you know, so does America. I'm reading on True. the Makuza page on Pottermore that when they used to be in Baltimore, and then when the American government moved to Washington D.C., Makuza went to the west coast of the uh, United Ooh. States, over to modern-day Washington, and they stayed there until 1892. And they had to move from Washington back Wait. to New York because of a Sasquatch war. Is that?
1: Oh my God, a Sasquatch what? war! Sasquatch war.
0: Yeah, what? we. Oh my this God, is literally on this weekend. Okay,
1: on the weekend edition that is that that went up two days ago. Uh, we literally talked about North American cryptids being magical creatures.
2: That is brilliant. I love that. Yes. I love it.
1: That makes me happy. Sasquatch War is the coolest thing I've heard all day. You will yeah. not convince me otherwise.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, apparently, the arrival in Washington of the Sasquatch necessitated... Ma- necessitated... Ne- necessitated. Uh, necessitated mass obliviations and extensive repairs to headquarters. Damn. And so they needed a new refuge and over the course of several years they infiltrated the destruction they infiltrated the construction team of the Woolworth building.
1: I like I like I like this a lot. Also, it sounds like they moved to Washington before the Louisiana purchase. Am I hearing that right? Oh yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Long before. That's
1: really it, that's really impressive. They were like super secluded, I guess. You, maybe it's like a God, we're so off topic. Maybe this yeah. is a coming <laughs> coming to America and finding like Native American magic like it's different. We talk um Pottermore talks about the woman, I keep forgetting her name, the woman who like established Ilvermorny. Like she lived out in the woods and like interacted with the magical creatures of America that were different from the ones where she came from. And the, the fact that, like, Native American wizard's magic was, like, much different from what was established as, as, as like, what you would learn at Hogwarts or wherever else yeah. in Europe. Um,
0: yeah, it was founded by Isolde Sayer and her husband, yes. James Stewart.
1: Sayre.
0: who Sayre. And James was a muggle.
1: Yeah, and Isolde was, like, a descendant of Slytherin, I think. I, I think she's, so. like, related to the Gaunts, but I don't know how far back that is. But I just, the, the I love how, I love that between Pottermore and Fantastic Beasts, the, like, Wizarding World is just getting larger. Like, I, I hope that that's a trend that continues beyond these movies that they're working on right now. I'd be, I'd be all for the Wizarding World franchise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, definitely. I like in number four. I can't remember if it translates to the movie or not, but in the book there is when Harry and the Weasleys are at the Quidditch World Cup. Harry and Hermione and Ron are walking around and they observe different types of wizards from around the world. I always forget and, that this is a thing. Yeah, and we get little little details of what they're like. And I remember, let's see. There's a banner declaring like labeling one camp the the Salem Witches Institute, I think. And then oh, there's a group wow. of African wizards. That's
1: cool. I know that I know that when the Ilvermorny stuff went up on Pottermore, there also went up a little bit of detail about, like, an African school and I think, like, an Asian school. Um, but I don't think we got, like, as much information as we did about Morney.
2: Right. So I think it'd be really cool if there were more stories Absolutely. about w- magic around the world. And I know we've talked to you before, and I honestly, I can't remember in what context... Mm. About Wizards in Australia. Uh,
0: I think that was the first time we were on I've, back when Harry and Ron were okay. there. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I it might have even just come
1: up when we did Mac, Mad Max uh for, for for Road Warrior. Road
2: Warrior, yeah. Probably, because I mean if if I can mix Harry Potter and Mad Max, I'd just be over the I moon. mean, yeah, yeah, every
1: time we record together, we're gonna talk about both. Like
2: that's just how it goes. Yeah yeah (laughs) well a post-apocalyptic setting when you have magic
1: that's cool magic in the post-apocalypse oh my
2: god
1: just saying you don't get a lot of like blending genres like that but there's a there's a book series that's that's going on right now the first one's called x-heroes and it's like a, a zombie apocalypse and superheroes it's just like, oh, like, let's just throw these two vastly different things together and see what happens. I would totally take Wizards in the Post-Apocalypse. I- I'm just saying. Well,
0: did you guys hear or maybe even see of they made a show out of the Shannara Chronicles?
2: I heard about that. I have not seen it yet.
0: We watched it.
2: Oh, we did watch it. And it did was you like it. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I- I I think we enjoyed it. So we didn't like love it. <laughs> sure. But,
0: yeah. I think but, it was made through MTV, and so oh. it had uh, some drawbacks from that that's, detail.
2: That's a
1: weird place for Shinara. Yeah.
2: yeah, it was definitely made for young adults. Gotcha. I'm I'm we're about to have uh Terry
1: Brooks in the bookstore that I work at for like the most recent book in the The next series of Shannara things, I think. Like, I think it's like a new, I think it's a new set of books, but they're in the same universe or something like that.
0: Yeah, the thing I really liked about it is that it takes place in the Northwest United States after some sort of apocalypse where there are elves and there are wizards. I need
1: need to read these. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea
0: like they end up going so, i think to seattle or something like that or tacoma or
2: that's so portland creepy. or something like I that i think it's i had no idea
0: yeah it's pretty nifty
2: i definitely i was really into the lore like how did we get to this place in civilization and the remnants of the old civilization that are Completely lost and completely foreign to these new inhabitants. Yeah.
0: Plus, John Rhys Davies was the elf king.
1: What? Okay, sold. I don't even. It could be a terrible <laughs> show. I will watch it for John Rhys Davies. Are you kidding me?
0: Love that guy. Yeah. Uh,
1: so so it's it's hard it's hard to stay on like back and forth like conversations like this are tough. I don't want to just like read off what's going on between these two characters right now. But like Harry, Harry, Harry defends Hagrid. He's my friend. And he calls out Tom, like you framed him. Didn't you? And Tom, Tom says that it was it was his word against Hagrid's and only Dumbledore um, saw through it kind of deal or like mistrusted him and Harry's like I bet Dumbledore saw right through you which is really funny because we literally saw that scene happen in this movie of Dumbledore like not believing Tom mm-hmm. but at that time to- at that moment Harry trusted Tom so like you have this sort of like, coloration of his perspective. Harry's an unreliable narrator, and we don't ever talk yeah, about that. Yeah, he, he very much is. The movies don't play it the same way. Like, it's... I I would like to, like, inspect the books with that eye going forward of, like, everything that's happening is sort of colored by Harry's perception of it. Like, we talk about how heavy we're in his point of view even in the movies. Like, I don't think there's a single scene that doesn't have Harry in it because it's... Right. It's his story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's the like he's the guy. And it's not very often that you have like even third person limited perspective like that in a movie. Like you normally are gonna like if you separate characters, you'll show what's going on with those characters that are in the other place. like Star Wars jumps around. yeah, Harry Potter's only Harry
2: mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: and I remember you mentioning when we jumped into the I guess quasi flashback where Tom was explaining how he was controlling yeah. Ginny. And you mentioned just how disorienting that was to get a different perspective that wasn't well, Harry's Well, and what
1: perspective. they do is they... It, and, like, when you look at it that way of the, like... It's not often we see something. It's almost never that we see something that's happening outside of Harry's point of view. And so even the camera angles and the shots are, like, really distorted and they warp the perspective because it's just, like... It's almost like this is just Harry's recreation in his head of, like, what Tom is telling him. hmm It's bizarre.
2: Yeah, now we're on, like, a third-hand account. If Harry is telling the story, he is telling us what Tom told yep. him. Yep. What Tom told so him about what Ginny naturally, it's going to be distorted. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
1: uh, It's just, like, there's layers of things happening here, and so it's just this weird, fuzzy kind of distorted thing um and that's interesting like as we get deeper into these movies and harry's relationship the the connection he has with voldemort grows those uh those sequences that take place like outside of harry's point of view that are like following voldemort or following nagini like become more concrete that's that's and then we get the flashback we get the um the Snape flashback when he pushes into his head, which we'll talk about in several years during Occlumens' <laughs> <Right>. training.
2: <laughs> but I-,
1: I think that's the only time that we're ever actually truly in someone else's perspective. And it's because he's witnessing someone else's perspective.
2: Yeah, like you're going into... Right. But even
1: the pe- the pensive kind of does that, but like mm. Harry's in the... Except for Snape's memories in the pensive too. Harry doesn't see himself as like standing in the space. Yeah, in Snape's memories. He's yeah. just witness to them. Whereas like when he drops into the case trial with Barty Crouch Jr, he like someone reaches a hand through his body. Yeah, like he's physically the like, kind old of, well, Same thing that happened in the diary in this movie. He standing was standing there, there watching around. what was happening with Tom, but yeah. they weren't interacting with him. Yeah. Exactly. It's weird.
0: It's kind of like the holodeck. Yeah. <laughs> on Star Trek.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Uh so so Tom goes on and says he certainly kept an annoyingly close watch on me after that. I knew it wouldn't be safe to open the chamber again while I was at school, so I decided to leave behind a diary preserving my 16 year old self in his pages so that one day I would be able to lead another, uh, to finish Salazar Slytherin's noble work. I don't think he understands what Salazar was really trying to do. And we just talked about this about how like that vision has been changed over the the, se- the the millennia that has passed since Salazar built the chamber but his noble work of eradicating the school of mudbloods like <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: if you warped Salazar Slytherin to 90s Hogwarts I think he would be appalled. Yeah. Yeah. Like This isn't what I meant at all. You guys completely skewed my philosophy on magic. Yep. But like, I don't
0: know. I think people like to paint Salazar Slytherin with the he's
1: a bad guy, he's Slytherin, wizard Hitler type. Yeah, but like, (laughs) we don't have (laughs)
0: eugenics. We don't have
1: any evidence of Salazar actually being a dark wizard. Yeah, He helped build a school. He might have been afraid of Muggleborns, but that's because, like, they were literally burning witches at the stake. Like, it's a different world. I think if he knew, if he were, if we brought Salazar today, on the one hand, it sucks that wizards are living in hiding because of the Statute of Secrecy, but on the other, like, they're not being persecuted anymore. Yeah. And
2: these guys these muggle-born students are not a threat to you right it's like everything's fine it's- something that's always kind of bothered me a little bit about the story is that i can't remember specifically where it comes up but it comes up from time to time that they don't know exactly how old hogwarts is yeah it's like now roughly
1: it's like a thousand years or
2: more yeah. ago yeah. I think So if they don't know exactly how old Hogwarts is, that tells me that records from that far back are pretty sketchy. Yep. Which means records of the founders are also pretty sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we we just we hear them
1: referred to as uh referred to as the greatest witches and wizards of their age. But like we don't know anything else about what the wizarding world was like at that time, or like what made yeah, what them. Kinda, what made them the greatest witches and wizards? Like, it,
0: what kind of gr- curve are we grading this on? Is,
1: it's you know what it is. It's 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 a it's a university campus having a statue outside of the founder and being like this guy was the brightest guy of his
2: age. Like wait, he's just a guy who built a school. Right. <laughs> yeah. It. His statue is out there because he built the school. Because of money. We're putting whatever. on that. We're putting it on him later on that he is the greatest. Yep, exactly. Because there's a statue. But there's a statue because yeah. he built the school. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious circle. And who knows where There's where a it part ends. of me
1: that wants a Hogwarts, a history movie. And I want all the founders to be problematic
2: as hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just hot messes. Every yeah, one of all them. of them.
2: Yeah, of them, and we definitely get a sense of that uh, about uh, Rowena yep. Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think she's the so, one we know the most about. Like, we don't mm-hmm. really know what the lives of the others were like, but but because of her daughter still being present at the school, it it lends a quite a nice view into like who she was as a person. Um, mm-hmm. And it's rough.
2: So to. To cut back real quick on something that doesn't have anything to do with this minute, but it has something to do with what I mentioned a moment ago, about they don't know exactly how old Hogwarts is. Two things. For one, um, the Grey Lady and the Bloody Baron were both around when Hogwarts was founded. They know exactly how old it is. Yes, they do. So does the Sorting Hat.
1: Yeah, the Sorting Hat was made by the... uh... Well, I, we don't want to. I don't want to derail us into a talk about the Sorting Hat sentience <laughs> and stuff. But like, yeah, he was he was made by the essence of the four of them. Yes, it's
2: crazy. So just, wait, uh, yeah, wait, wait, they, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, no, wait. I have there a pr- are ways wait, to find out. I have a problem that I think that we're probably gonna have to <laughs> talk about more later this week. But like, isn't the Sorting Hat that Harry that Harry gets from Fox like an
2: old Sorting Hat? Like, there's more than one. Isn't that a thing? Not that I is know this of. The same, like. But if that is canon, then I I can be on board me, with that. I, for some reason, and
1: maybe it's because I'm just the movie doesn't lay it out that way. But I never thought that the sorting hat that that Fox drops into Harry's lap is the same one that he put on his head last year. Uh, I'm gonna Google this super fast.
0: While you're Googling, I had a thought. The whole fact that we don't know what the founders were exactly like, they could have more or less just been the Scooby gang. Yeah. Like Rowena was the Velma, and uh, Godric was the Fred, and then probably Shaggy was the equivalent of Helga Hufflepuff, which makes Salazar, Slytherin, the Daphne of the group. I guess.
1: Interesting.
0: So I can imagine Salazar Slytherin just, you know, having a lot of pride in his pure-bloodedness, but also a healthy fear of the Muggles. Like, if, if, if we go really hard and fast with the Scooby-Doo thing, <laughs> it's probably not the best idea <laughs> as far as figuring out these personality types of people that are never revealed in the books personally, but you know, something that came to my head.
2: Right. And if those if that group, the Scooby Gang, and those disparate personalities can get along and function and actually like achieve things, so can the four founders. Yeah. Well I and- mean totally. it all goes
0: back to the four humors. Uh
2: I guess
1: I for some reason I thought Maybe, maybe it was just because the description is like, oh, it's battered and old, or like... For, I just... I don't know. I don't know why my brain had it in... Uh, had that idea that, like, the sorting hats, that there were more than one, or that it was a different one. Like, it's just... It's interesting that... The hat, the hat gets around. It has multiple <laughs> roles to play. <laughs> it's interesting that the hat is the reason that Harry's able to get the... The sword. Yeah. Like, I don't
2: know. Well, I kind of equate it with the Deluminator that Dumbledore uses and then gives to Ron. It has an obvious purpose, but then it has other things about it as well. Sure. That are less obvious, that only show themselves under certain circumstances. The only
1: thing that I... The thing that I have... Uh, that's weird for me, I guess, about the Deluminator is that we, we've talked about it briefly in in past times, but like it's not very often that you see something that's like very obviously like mechanical that is also um, like produces a magical effect. Like the the car and the Deluminator might be some of the only examples I can think of off the top of my head of like the blending of like. Muggle and magical technologies.
2: It's weird. Mm. Would you consider the snitch to be partly mechanical? Uh, uh, it almost seems more organic. It does. In its- and
1: I think because it's supposed to be based... Well, through Quidditch Through the Ages, it's supposed to be based on uh, an actual flying bird, uh, the, the golden snidget or whatever, like mm, that's right, that's it, right. It, it does have more of an ag- more organic feeling whereas the deluminator like looks like a lighter and you like click it, like there's a physical you click this thing and then something magical happens
2: that's also like, right, actual moving parts, it's the
1: same with the, uh, we just talked about it last week, but the entrance to the chamber of secrets is like this big vault door that has like a locking mechanism that is voice activated <laughs> Harry speaks parseltongue and then the little snakes uh move around, retract around the
2: outside and the thing opens up. Right. It is odd that that those types of things are so rare. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole that kind of that kind of brings me into the whole like medieval lifestyle mm-hmm. of wizards that just doesn't make I any sense. I think that
1: I think that the statute of secrecy stagnated the growth of wizarding community.
2: I like that thought. So you think those few mechanical type items that they have
1: They're things that are adopted or brought in. It's like Hogwarts has plumbing, but it was founded before plumbing.
2: Right. So either wizards invented plumbing and it leaked over to the muggle world. I think it's the other way around. Someone Yeah, someone later on said, hey, this castle should yeah, have Yeah, I'm much
1: more interested in the idea that, like, muggle ingenuity exists as well. Like, that's why Arthur is so, like, baffled by it and amused by it. Like, oh, the things these muggles come up with. Like, it, it, it kind of bleeds both ways. Even though we sort of disregard, like, because we are from the muggle world, it's easy to be like, oh, the magic is so cool. Like, who cares about internet? <laughs> like... right (laughs) but i'm sure that like that's the thing that like if you were to write a harry potter story that took place today in 2018 i'm i bet you there are kids at hogwarts that are bummed they can't use their cell phones right
0: right it must be really upsetting for muggle children who were growing up with ipads and watching youtube videos and then they go to hogwarts and they lose it it's interesting
1: they sort of talk about how like Muggle tech doesn't work at Hogwarts but that's also like a weird bias like plumbing is muggle tech why does muggle circuitry not work that's like the electricity part of it seems to be weird but like why yeah why wouldn't electricity
2: work around magic.
1: I don't know they don't really talk about it much. Well, yeah. And and I would say that like electricity does still seem to work because like Colin Creevy's camera works. It and does. It's still Their watches yeah. work. Yeah, so the
0: lights on the Hogwarts Express. So I don't Those kids are totally doing it. I magic, don't know. So. There's
1: got to be like I'm yeah. sure that by now like Wi-Fi has made its way to Hogwarts.
0: <laughs> it better be the best
2: wi-fi in the entire world what is the point of being a wizard if you can't get good wi-fi
0: no there's no chance that Hogwarts has good wi-fi it's, coverage.
1: Te- it's dial-up still it makes me sad that dumbledore well it depends on what ha- ridiculous wi-fi password oh my god <laughs> yeah.
2: depends on what common room you're in right yep hufflepuff i'll bet you can't get good wi-fi they don't care Nah, they're fine <laughs> i'll bet Ravenclaw and Slytherin, oh, they have the best Wi-Fi. No, Slytherin would be in the dungeons. They would have terrible Wi-Fi, I would think.
0: Yeah, Slytherin would have zero signal because whatsoever. Because they don't like
2: Slytherin, so they treat them terribly. They're like, They're no, in the you dungeons. don't get crap. <laughs> They're oh, in the dungeons. The Unless
0: weakest. Slytherin has some sort of patched-in internet connection from yeah, somewhere. Yeah, see,
2: I see them as having oh, enough like a self-interest to make like, sure line. that they have good yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, they've got the... They've got it, the Malfoy hard-wiring. Memorial Wi-Fi yeah. router.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Ravenclaw's is
1: really good because they're up in the tower. Gryffindor is lucky that they're also in a tower, but they don't actually know how it works.
2: Right. I I kind of imagine they don't really care yeah. that much. Ravenclaw would because Wi-Fi means connection to the internet, which means all of the information oh. in the whole world at your yeah, fingertips. When you Google and Wikipedia, and <laughs> they want all of it. P- pure yeah. <laughs> blood wizard
1: kids who or witch kids who end up in Ravenclaw and then discover Google. Oh God! Are like like <laughs> that's those are the powerhouses of the future.
2: Scary yeah. thought.
0: Can you imagine po- wizard podcasting? Oh
2: my! Oh my God! You don't. You don't have to. They do it in books. In <gasps> Book seven.
0: So you open up your window and a Patronus flies through your window, and that's your little podcast Wait, that you listen use to, like
2: regular radio. Yeah, in in seven.
0: Oh, that's right. But
2: you have to. Okay, it is radio, not podcast. But, still, you're not, but you you're have, have to have wrong. a password. You yeah, you have to have a password to yep. hear it. Some like similar to maybe subscribing to a podcast. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: Oh, Fred and George and Lee Jordan. I would listen to them all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They'd be pretty great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have... This Good. This minute has so much, and we're just, like, talking about everything else. Everything else. Uh.
0: Yeah. Can we talk for a minute about how Harry thinks that... Tom Riddle is going to be defeated just because the people who were petrified are going to be healed yes, by the Mandrake drop. Exactly. Drot. Well, like as if petrifying people was his only plan. I, I
1: th- yeah, it's interesting that like 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 the basilisk. Harry knows that the basilisk is supposed to kill with its glance, and it's just sort of coincidence that everyone was petrified instead of killed. And he's not taking any action to like stop further attacks from happening he's just telling him that like well you failed this time too because the the Mandrake draft will be ready and everything will be f- everyone will be unpetrified and 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 Tom just kind of
2: scoffs at him and I love it well I love that Tom scoffs at him oh, just- but for a different reason how many petrified people are there there's what Three or four. Uh, Plus a cat.
0: Um, cat, ghost, kid.
1: It's it's Hermione. yeah. It's there's Mrs. two kids, Norris, two boys. Colin Creevy and camera uh, Justin Finch-Fletchley Finch and nearly headless Nick. Hermione Granger and Hermione. Uh, in the book, there's also Penelope Clearwater who was with Hermione. Oh, that's right. I forgot about um, her. But she's not. They don't mention her. They name drop her once in all of the movies, and that's it. Yeah. Which is a shame. So five petrifications have happened in the movie so far?
2: Yeah. That's so not a good track record for are, no. risk. If you are a pure blood um, proponent mm. killing five people two of whom aren't even real yeah. like humans that's nothing. That is a drop in the bucket. Yep.
1: Well, also like I, I'm really interested in in the selective nature of Voldemort's plan. Like, if if he's following in Salazar Slytherin's noble work and it's to get rid of the Muggleborn students, like, how do you av- like you can't just blindly let the basilisk loose? The basilisk doesn't care who it kills, right?
2: No, and. Voldemort does smarten up throughout the movies. The answer to his problem isn't to kill individuals. It's to make it so those individuals can't even get to Hogwarts. It's political. The answer is political, which is what he does by the end. He takes over the government and... Makes it impossible for Muggles to even get there. And the, the there.
1: thing is, like, like this, this, this particular act this year isn't successful because he's still just a sixteen-year-old trying to repeat what didn't work fifty years ago. It, it's, it's, it's not. He hasn't. This Tom Riddle, the Tom from the diary, the one who possessed Ginny, has not grown at all since he was formed, like I don't think that he's taken on any of the knowledge of the experiences that like the the original Voldemort has. So I don't know. like, even if he won, I don't think he would know what to do what he once he left Hogwarts. Like the world is not the same place it was when he left it.
2: Now if he succeeds, do you think he would age? Or would he always be 16?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. That depends would- on whether or not... If he if he sucks all the vitality from Ginny and she dies, is he now flesh and blood? Can you, like, cut him and he'll bleed? I kind of think so. So then
0: maybe... I feel like that's the implication. If, he's,
1: like, if he has, like, a human living body again, then, like, yeah, I guess he's just a 16-year-old that's going to start over. Do, how much of the 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 fifty years that Voldemort experienced since the diary was created does this Tom have? Like
2: none of it. I, I don't think, think so either. Which is foolish. I think Voldemort, when he planted the diary with the Malfoys, I know he didn't want to tell the Malfoys like what the diary yeah. was or how important it was. But there may have been something he could do to make sure that the version of him in the book stayed up to date. I don't know. Like once
1: you've created a Horcrux, is it a fixed point? Like is there a like you can't like download updates into a fragment of soul?
2: Well, I think you might. Do you be think it could to? like continue writing because in the diary? Ginny? Like could he? Because Ginny was writing in the diary and she updated him on what happened to Voldemort and that it was Harry that did it. What about so
1: the he did? What about the other Horcruxes? Like it took Ginny physically Uh, writing in the diary, but like could the cup do that? Could the locket do that? Well, the
2: locket, the locket does was able to gain knowledge. That's yeah, true. and I think that was probably based on wearing the locket, which all three of them yep. wore the locket, and so, so it's able to it reproduce able to, the three of them and like affect the three. right. Uh-huh. And the the locket, I suspect the way that it worked because it laid on your chest because it was Ooh. a necklace, so it like saw into your heart. Interesting. So it could it could see and feel your true desires and your true feelings. So that's why it went after Ron in the way that it did. That's fair. It saw that his true fear was that, that yep, Hermione didn't yep. love him.
1: Oh, it's rough. It's so rough.
2: So, yeah, the locket learned and used that information to It'd manipulate. It'd be interesting yeah, to I see think if the other pieces of Voldemort
1: could um, reconstitute themselves in the same way that the diary has.
0: I feel like it definitely correlates to how much of voldemort is in that individual piece because there's theories out there that every time voldemort created a horcrux that he divided his soul down the middle so that way this i'm journal would essentially have 50 percent of a soul in it and that's why it can do so much in just one year i'm but so delighted I that-, that
1: you're bringing this up <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. But I I fully believe that with these horcruxes, they can be updated to the situation, but it's not like they have some sort of psychic link between each other where they can share information. Yeah, I think uh, that the updates would come the same way that
1: like Harry has dreams that sometimes tie to what Voldemort's experiencing. Like I think that they're just getting snapshots every like if they're getting anything, it's only in states of high emotion.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did
1: the math today. Because we talk, we're talking about, like, if they're getting halved every time. Like, the diary is 50% Voldemort. Like, the next piece, the next Horcrux is 25% Voldemort. And we have, like, a, an ever-cutting-in-half situation. Uh, and if that is the case, then Harry would be 1.5625% of Voldemort. And Nagini and the original Voldemort body itself would be like roughly 0.78% of the original soul.
2: It's yeah. it's barely, it gets- he's
1: barely hanging on to himself by mm. a thread.
2: I'm torn because the two percentages, the part that's in Harry and the part that is in Voldemort are such small percentages. They but they have the connection where Harry can see sometimes what Voldemort's doing or yep. how he's feeling so, if there are other parts that have larger, larger percentages, Maybe would they have a stronger more. connection? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're getting Maybe more. Maybe the diary Although, does actually know a lot more than like the cup does or the ring would. Right, but only Harry and Nagini have brains of their own. Yes, that is true. So they're the only two that have the ability to independently process. The information that they're getting from the connection,
1: mm. and sort of like reuse so that information I'm torn in a way that
2: just driven by that will of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Because crazy. Tom, the diary Tom Riddle had to be updated by Ginny. Mm. He didn't know prior to Ginny telling him that Harry Potter defeated him as a baby, and that yeah. he's now a person of yeah. interest. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. We'll talk more
0: about. Can that I time. interject real quick?
2: Yeah, go for it.
0: We've been going for a solid yeah, hour. Yeah, we have. Just, just a quick update. I saw that.
1: <laughs> I saw that, and we are right at the end here because this is this is with Harry saying like um, that everyone's gonna be all right again. Uh, Tom's response is like, "Well, haven't I told you? My my concern isn't with like killing mudbloods anymore." Like for the last few months, my new target has been you, and it's just
0: so perfectly sets us oh, up. Oh, it's for such tomorrow. a good
1: ending for today. Oh my god, I'm so glad. It's good. It's good stuff, you guys. I think I've exhausted my notes for this minute. How are you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I could talk for quite. A I know. Time I'm more. sure we
1: could just keep going for hours, and like, but it's it's it is getting late for all of us. I think. I feel good. How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I am so happy to have you for this impromptu recording session that happened tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 we're having a what, lot of fun. Would yeah. you
1: like to let everyone know where they can find you guys on the interwebs?
0: Certainly. Our home on the internet is the mat is well our home on the internet is madmaxminute.com. That is where you can find all of our stuff. We have gone through Mad Max. The Road Warrior, and we are currently going through Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So if you have any interest in post-apocalyptic stuff, you can check us out there. We are also on Twitter, at Mad Max Minute, on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and we have a listener page of our own that we affectionately call Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone.
1: Yes, everybody should definitely go check those out because that show is wonderful, and we have been delighted to be on it, and, uh, and we'll be on it again in the future. Which uh, Mm -hmm. everyone here will be excited about I'm sure So go check out that show And then uh, of course you can find us on JoleneGener.com along with a million other uh, uh, Podcasts that are happening there And if you want more of us you can find us on Facebook At Harry Potter Minute and the listeners Army and talk about the contents Of the minute and all that other good stuff And then come back tomorrow for Minute 142 of Harry Potter And the Chamber of Secrets Mischief Mischief managed. Managed